Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Here's Allie Cure with 15 seconds in the front court to, Mar- to Linton. Left side wing, three, four. Beerman splashes it in. Does Hope. Eighth three of the season for Hope Beerman, who's really starting to come on late in this year. Shavira tries to feed it inside. It's stolen away by Holzmeister, who saves it into Nolan. Great hustle from the Lady Eagles to force another turn. Barton hesitates, drives up and in. Defense right into offense for the Lady Eagles, the epitome of a great performance so far tonight. Janae Fugit guarded by Linton, finds Burkhart. Back to Fugit in the pass too tall, and now here's Lauren Linton all alone on the other end. Lauren lays it up and in, and Lauren's got a career high. First time in her career, she's in a double figures with 10. Pass to nowhere is stolen away by Nolan. On the break for Colby, feet inside, Holzmeister, righty layup, good. Showtime for the Lady Eagles, timeout for Lakin. All Colby early. Here comes Kansas to Burphy, a right hand, hammering dunk. He fires it through, Johnny Burphy with a poster. Timberlake in the corner, throws out toward Parker Brown, 10 to shoot for the Jayhawks. Harris, a lob to Parker, deep catch, big slam. There's your play of the half. Hello, everybody. Good Wednesday morning. It is the Morning Blitz on 1025 U-Rock, AM 730, Fox Sports, Tri-State. Glad you're with us on this February the 28th. A cool 19 degrees to get your day going, but... Temperatures going to make their way back up into the low 50s here on this Wednesday and warmer temps to come the rest of the week. I can't believe what I'm witnessing. I see Christian Pectimit rocking a Spartan, a Michigan State Spartan t-shirt. A Michigan man wearing the rival shirt. What is up with this? I'm not going to lie. It's uh, it's just a shirt and it. Uh, I didn't think about it too much. Uh, this is from uh, a high school cross-country invite. Uh, Northville High School would go every year to the Spartan invite. Uh, we'd drive out to East Lansing, and we'd do a little in like a little invite, a big invite. There'd be like 500 runners there, uh, and we'd do a run on or a race on the Spartans course, and. Um, got the shirt and yeah i it's by no means is this support uh of a subpar school but it was a fun <laughs> of a subpar school sorry <laughs> uh, now that's more like that's a, that's what a rival would say to a subpar school it's with just a Michigan true. man i mean no one at msu was like yeah we'll we'll leave it there the the yeah a subpar school uh, good Wednesday morning, everybody. Full show ahead today. Shreyas Lott is going to join us from the Kansas City Star. KU basketball with an unbelievable meltdown and stats galore. I have got so many fun stats that the statistician gods dug out from this loss last <laughs> night for Kansas. 
falling to BYU, the final 76-68. We will get to that uh, with Shreyas Lada coming up in the bottom of the hour. We'll have some more thoughts on that as well. What a, I don't even, I, I, what a letdown for Kansas. I mean, couldn't hit the bull in the backside with a scoop from deep, as it's been an issue all season, and couldn't do it from the foul line either. It was rough. Rough for Kansas uh, as they blew a 12-point second-half lead to fall to uh, BYU 66. You know what? 76-60. You know I was thinking about the whole time I was watching that game, Christian Lane, too. I kept thinking, like, that whole thought about maybe they just don't know what it's like to play in Allen Fieldhouse. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> they shot it better than KU that, did, BYU did. So, hey, you know what? That's true. That roast. Uh, folks is Ross patting himself on the back. That's there. right. I was just thinking, uh, yeah. can I get? Uh, I'm not as flexible as I ever have been. Never flexible, so it's hard to do that. But anyway, we'll get to more on KU basketball coming up here. Of course, Substate basketball uh, in full swing last night. Uh, Goodland and Colby girls both victorious. They'll face each other for not the first, not the second, not the third, <laughs> but for the fourth time this year coming up on Thursday down in Holcomb. It's too bad we just can't play in Colby or Goodland or Heck. Let's play it in Brewster. We'll meet in the middle. We I don't have to go plan. all the way down to Holcomb to play this game. <laughs> we don't need to do that. We'll just play I here. think that's in Brewster. Plan. Let's meet in Brewster or Tri Plains. Uh sorry, uh Winona. Let's play there and let's let's play I think it'll be fun. Let's do that. I think it'll be a great time. Uh, Who says no? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Holcomb. Keisha. <laughs> Keisha and Holcomb. They want that money. They want that yeah, they want true. that dinero uh, that's coming into their building. Uh, also, last night we saw two team seasons come to an end. Hoxie mm. boys, their season came to an end on at Hayes TMP. They lose 60-53. Indians conclude their 23-24 season at 8-12. Oakley Plainsman end their season on the road. At Smith Center, the Plainsmen lose 62-41 excuse me, to the Redmen. Uh, Plainsmen in their year at 6-15. and 15. Um, the, I, One quick side before we get to Goodland and Colby uh, on that Oakley substate. So it's the 2A Oakley mm. substate. Do you know who's not playing in the 2A Oakley substate now? <laughs> Both boys and girls? Oakley. That's, I mean, that's so I, I, it's rough. I feel bad. You know, you you're hosting Substate and you don't have any mm. teams even in the semifinals. That's brutal. I feel bad for the Plainsmen, the yeah, Lady Plainsmen. I I think maybe the Lady Plainsmen might have had a shot at possibly making it to the semifinals. It uh, didn't happen this year, but that's a that's a tough one. I mean, think about it. You only get a host, you know, once every I don't know maybe. Eight to ten years. I'm sure Marty DeLeman, athletic director, could correct me on how long. You know, you have to apply. You know, you you kind of say, hey, we mm. have the facilities, we have the stuff, we have the wherewithal, the help we, we can host, and then sure. Keisha selects who can host. And you know, you're rarely going to get you know to host a site. I don't know. Maybe you get it once. Like I said, every eight to ten years. And so to have the one time you get to host and your teams aren't even in the semifinals, that's a tough pill to swallow there. Uh, for OHS, but season's ending for the Oakley boys and the Hoxie boys. That means the only teams left standing, uh, you know, you've got Goodland boys and girls, Colby girls are still alive. You've got Ho- uh, Hoxie girls still going. And of course, the smaller schools, still a lot of those going as well. I mean, you still have a lot of that to be played out because there's a lot of a lot of various schools in the same small uh, classifications and divisions. So we'll see more of that pan out on Thursday and Friday with semifinals. But uh, last night, a couple of dominant wins for both the Cowgirls and the Lady Eagles. Uh, Goodland winning 47-19. to Colby with the 58-34 win. 
uh, over Lake. And I feel like these games were kind of similar a little bit in the way that mm. there was a lot of turnovers forced from Goodland, who forced, I believe it was 26 turnovers unofficially out of Cimarron, which, hey, step in the right direction for Cimarron. That's 14 less than they committed the first time they played Goodland, so oh. improvement. And then from Colby's perspective, they forced 26 out of Lakin. Uh, 25, I think, out of Lakin, right? 25, 25 out yeah. of Lakin. Unofficially. Uh, yes, right. All this unofficial uh, as they wallop Lakin 58-34. So what were your quick takeaways from last night's victory for the Lady Eagles? It, it sounded like typical Lady Eagle basketball this year. Lots of turnovers forced, leading to easy buckets, leading to a blowout, easy win. Yeah, so real quickly, I have to say, we're going to talk a ton about uh, the Colby versus Goodland round four that's coming up here on Friday. But I think these are two uh, teams that are, I think, a little more similar than they are different, despite how different they are. Uh, Do you disagree? I, I don't. I guess I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say about how different they are because I think they're very similar, and I know exactly why they are similar. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> okay, then I was going to say, uh, it may, you know, the the depth and the where you get your scoring from. That is uh, true. Is there is the difference. Different. Yes. Yeah. But which makes it on paper look like different squads. But I was going to say you were you were giving me a face, and I thought you were talking about them being similar, and I thought that's plain as day is the way these two teams play suffocating defense and they just frustrate teams. They make uh, it, it's it always seems to snowball and it's so odd because you're playing a veteran Lakin squad. Four of the starting five Lady uh, Bronx were uh, seniors uh, playing in their la- what ended up being their last career game and you almost expect more poise. Uh, but we, when you go against a defense as good as Colby, it's never one turnover. Very quickly, it becomes two, three, four in a row, and it snowballs, and all of a sudden, it's out of control. Uh, this game was close for about maybe six minutes. I'll, I'd have to go back. It's, it was either five or six minutes, and then suddenly, the wheels came off very quickly. Uh, Lakin committed at least five turns in every quarter, and uh, I think they committed six in the first quarter uh, of the game. Yeah, six in the first quarter, and I think five of those came in the last three minutes when the wheels kind of came off and Colby turns defense into offense uh, better than maybe anyone else in the league right up there, certainly with Goodland. And that's Lakin's calling card is their defense. They don't have a great offense. They score about 46 a ball game, but their defense is pretty good, and uh, they play a bunch of different zones that they'll throw at you. So uh, Colby looked good in their half-court offense, but anytime you don't have to face the Lake and half-court defense is you know a feather in your cap, as, as Ross would say. Turn defense into offense. That was really good. Uh, your backcourt, Logan Nolan and Elizabeth Barton, each had six steals. They also each led you in scoring in double figures. And we talked about uh, how Nolan has been kind of up and down with the outside shooting this year. And it seems like she's on an up here down the stretch of the season, which is huge for Colby. Hit three threes last night, and that was big. Obviously, another story going in was Colby's depth or lack thereof. Sadie Cheney, the excellent sixth man for Colby, was out last night. And the phrase uh, that I said yesterday that Yancey, you know, passing along from Yancey Walker was baptized by fire. And that's certainly what uh, the girls were last night. Calissa Bandy and Maddie McCarty and 
Uh, even because there was such a big lead, maybe because of that, we also saw some other uh, JV Lady Eagles, Emily Flanagan in there as well, another freshman for Colby, getting valuable first half minutes. And they didn't provide a whole lot of offense, but they continued that stretch of great defense that Colby played. And so that'll be interesting to see if Sadie is out come Friday or come down the stretch of this sub-state run here for Colby. If Yancey Walker will have to turn back to those JV Lady Eagles and if they can keep producing. Yeah, you talk about the Cowgirls and Lady Eagles being so even, and I'm sure we'll be repeating a lot of this coming up on Friday. Uh, but here's this is the thing that I know about these two teams. They're not great half-court offensive teams. They're not great at it. They're fine at it. They're not great at it. They are fueled by mistakes by the opposition, which leads to easy points. That's how they're fueled. So I will tell you the biggest key to Friday night as we already peek ahead to this game. Who commits the least amount of errors is going to be the biggest key. Because those errors turn into easy buckets on the other end for the opposition. That's going to result in, you know, that. Because it's, look at it like a fire. I look at it like a fire. You know, the more mm. w- the more wood and the more air, the more oxygen, pure oxygen you put on that fire, the bigger it gets. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about Goodland or Colby girls basketball. You put that amount of, you keep, but if you suffocate that fire and take that oxygen out, all of a sudden that fire is gone. It doesn't matter. So, if you, you suffocate the opposing team by by forcing, by not giving them free free looks at the bucket, meaning turnovers, things of that sort. So mm. that's so big going into Friday night. Who's going to limit the mistakes? Who's going to just play clean basketball? Because if you give up free possessions, that's going to hurt you so badly. Because both teams are fine in the half court. They're not great in the half court set. And they, know, and they know each add, other so well, how can they be great in the half court, too? Because they know what each other's going to do. <laughs> that's, that's true, and both of their defenses are elite. Uh, I haven't added in last night's total, but Colby, over its last six games, has held opponents to under 27 points a game. And I need to add a quick note also, like I, both of us have said, we're going to talk a ton about it. But I think it's also about, on Friday, who can execute in their few opportunities um, or the most efficiently in their opportunities in the half court because uh, Coach Walker called his team's offensive performance complete. And while I don't know how true that is, certainly it was, the you know, they were clicking in the half court sets that they did get off. And I think that's another big thing is, hey, if the air is sucked out of either of these offenses, can they find a way to produce efficiently in the half court like they have? on and off this year, like Ross said. Uh, so yeah, so that's a very interesting game coming up Friday. The Goodland Cowgirls got there with a 47-19 win over Cimarron last night. It was kind of a slower uh, starting game. Uh, Goodland led 12-0 at the end of the first quarter. Once again, that suffocating defense didn't allow Cimarron to score for about the first 10 minutes of the basketball game. Uh, but Goodland would go on and just kind of slowly pull away. Coach Beerman was very pleased with the energy. Um, you know, after kind of a long break, uh, he was very pleased with the energy after the week off from the ladies, especially defensively. I know he would like to have seen a little bit more better o- execution on the offensive end. Uh, it just it just was a little bit more tougher last night. Cowgirls missed some missed, had had open looks, just couldn't knock them in. Uh, but still, when you go on to have those type of issues and you still win forty seven to nineteen, you're feeling very good uh, about where you sit. I mean, it was a 
neither you know the Cowgirls' top two players, Jaxie Mitchek and, and Haley Blocklinger, combined for nine points. Uh, that rarely happens, and the Cowgirls uh, have the success. Like, Jaxie Mitchek has had back-to-back games of seven points, which have tied season lows. But here's the thing: the Cowgirls are two and zero in those ball mm. games. So. This is the thing that stands out to me the most about the Cowgirls. From when the season began to when the season is now, the young ladies that have the young ladies that have come up, the sophomores, uh, the sophomore class, junior Marie Martin, they have just really developed so well this year. They're not star players, but they, they really do know their roles. They know how to play it well, especially in the offensive and defensive ends uh, for some of them. So they, they know what they got to do. They know how to do it, and they do it well. And so I give them a ton of credit for that. Um, so th- they've really improved this team, and that makes them a much more dangerous team in the postseason because of the depth that they have, you know, uh, how do I say, cultivated this season. Uh, that They've just got these sophomore stuff playing well. You know, so last night it was um, Lauren Linton who had a career-high 10 points. She led the way in scoring off the bench. Great game from Lauren Linton. They need more from her, and they're gonna and they're gonna definitely more for her in the years to come. And I think she can definitely fill that role. Just more confidence in her game. Hope Beerman hit a three. Ali Cure hit a three. Actually, Hope Beerman hit two threes. Ali Cure hit a three. So you know they're they're hitting the outside jumper a little bit more, which is good to see. So I like I said, gotta feel good about the overall deal. I know offensively would like to see a few more shots fall in this basketball game. Just didn't happen. That's all right. Uh, but I think overall it was a pretty big, uh, pretty big win there for the Cowgirls and some nice momentum going into the semifinals against Colby. I do have some audio from Bill Bierman postgame uh, talking a little bit about facing Colby again uh, here coming up on Friday uh, for the fourth time this season. Well, the good thing certainly about tonight is, you know, we can watch film, and if they think they played awesome tonight or something, we can <laughs> put a pretty quick halt to that and, and know that we've got to do some things better and everything. But um, I certainly would anticipate it will be Colby. Um, but you know, who knows? I don't know what happened over there tonight, but I'll probably look, look at it Colby. And if it is, I don't, our motivation, uh, I don't think will be hard to come by. I guess a little bit, as you'd say, that's a rivalry game, big game, everything else. And if it's not, it's still about for them. Um, they have a goal. They want respect. They want people to, to give them what they deserve to a little bit. So that chip on their shoulder, I think they're still playing with, I expect us to play really good, really good Friday night, uh, really hard and, and they really get after it. Yeah, it always seems like Bill Beerman knows how to kind of stir the pot a little bit to get his teams playing <laughs> their best when it needs to be. He really has kind of a knack for that. Um, mm. So, uh, Also, a really cool scene inside the Max Jones Fieldhouse. Two events happened yesterday. Uh, they had Destiny Gonzalez honored at halftime, got a standing ovation, which was pretty cool. Nice. Um, and then, uh, of course, Bill Beerman picked up his 100th career win a few games ago. And they had a tribute video to Coach Beerman, and a lot of the former players sent in a video clip. It's so great how technology works. You know, you record yourself on your iPhone, send it in, and someone puts a video together. It's pretty cool uh, to see that all thrown together there for Coach Beerman. Um, but, yeah, I, like I said, uh, looking ahead to Friday, we'll talk more about it on, on Friday. Um, but fourth time, you know, it, this is not the first time this happens. This has happened quite a bit over the previous years where mm. you've played each other four times. And you know what to expect. You know what it is. You know, like I said, the biggest thing will be which team can make shots and which team really doesn't allow the other team to get easy shots. I think will be two very big things coming up on Friday. Uh, hard to argue that. And, uh, hey, I've said it a couple times, but depth could be an issue. Uh, 
Lady Eagles have five rotation players left if Sadie is out. And uh, there was a point in the first half for a couple of minutes where there were more JV Lady Eagles than there were starters out on the court for Walker in the first half. Uh, can he trust that against Goodland? Uh, will it have to be basically the whole game of five starters and no substitutions? And oh, that's brutal. We'll see, because <laughs> uh, not that they're not used to it, but down the stretch of the season, that can get hard. Yep, we'll see. No sub-state action tonight. We have night off. Uh, everything will resume on Thursday and then continue on into Friday and Saturday, depending on what classification. We'll tell you if it's the boys or the girls that we'll be playing. All right, let's get to a break. We're right on schedule. Let's take a break and we come back. Uh, Shreyas Lott is going to join us from the Kansas City Star. Oh my, what happened to Kansas last night and what that means going forward for the Jayhawks? Hmm, interesting. We'll talk about that next with him. You're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, before we go, though, if you haven't won from the Kansas Lottery, we've got two more tickets. You can hear them right here. There's the tickets. I've got two more tickets to give away. If you haven't been a winner from the Kansas Lottery, text in now the word BLITZ to 785-899-2222. Text in the word BLITZ to 785-899-2222. So if you haven't won yet, please text in the word BLITZ, 785-899-2222. First two winners are our winners and our final winners of this Kansas Lottery promotion. Back with Shreya Slaughter next. 